0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Penza Street Physio Podcast. I come back with another question. Today's question is, How do you determine which muscle group is the strongest in a particular person, i.e. quad dominant, back dominant, etc.? Might sound a bit vague, but maybe pick quad dominant as an example. This is good. This is a movement-based question. A quote which I think summarizes this fairly succinctly is, Form is dictated by function. Technique dictated by strength. So, to directly answer that question, if I want to determine which muscle group is the strongest in a particular person, then we could do a few tests. So, in the clinic we have dynamometers to specifically test out different muscle groups. Uh, We also can combine that with functional testing. So, we can make you do, say, single leg squats or things like that to try and bias certain muscle groups, so the problem is is that with a squat, it's the way that you, can, you execute the squat can emphasise different muscle groups, or it can at least give you the perception of emphasising different muscle groups. I know that there are studies out there which show that the muscle activation patterns on a back squat compared to a front squat are similar even though most people are generally under the impression that front squats tend to work the quads a bit more compared to the back squat. A quad dominant movement is generally known as a knee dominant movement. You will tend to use your knees and calves a lot and the majority of the movement occurs at the knee joint and involves knee extension and most likely anterior knee translation, so the dreaded knees over toes. By the way, knees over toes isn't bad unless you're in pain, so keep that in mind, that's another chat for another day. It also relates to shin angle, because if we're talking about sort of that shin being more horizontal when you're doing a particular movement, then you could say that the shin angle is definitely related to a knee dominant movement. A good example of this is a CC squat. Where you're on your toes and you squat down and you try and bring your knees to the floor. You can clearly see that the shin angle, there's an increased shin angle, and you also have not as much hip involvement in there. This is in contrast to a hip dominant athlete, which the guys or girls tend to use their glutes, hamstrings, and lower back a bit more. There is less shin angle, so it is more vertical. Therefore there is less knee translation. You would probably sit back more in the squat as a result and your Resultant torso angle would be increased so that you're probably doing a good morning type of movement so if we qualitatively look at how you move so if you you know do a video bring him in then we can probably tell that if your torso is more upright and there's lots of anterior knee translation and your shin angle increases then you're most likely a knee dominant athlete you're most likely to use your quads and potentially calves to perform certain movements if you're a hip dominant athlete then you'd probably bend more over the hips you probably engage the hips a bit more you'd probably go into more hip flexion and uh, you'd have less shin angle I wouldn't say one is worse than the other the mode of training would depend for each person. So, you know, if you if you're a hip dominant athlete and you wanted to become more knee dominant, then you'd have to be more upright. If you're a knee dominant athlete and you want to be more hip dominant, then you would probably need to decrease your shin angle a bit more. That's it. This is a quick one. Uh, any other questions? Uh, shoot them in. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Now, don't go off into the sunset and blindly do what I may have said or recommended. Seek advice from qualified healthcare professionals like comment subscribe or book in if you would like us to assist